Is there a pre-roll? Is there a pre-roll? Jake, I don't know. I have one thing to say to you. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, easiest, most professional, user-friendly, and responsive way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order, and if you sign up for a year, you will get a free domain name. You'll sign up for the entire year of 2017. New year, new website. New domain name. New domain name. Squarespace.com. Use the promo code THUMBS. Hollyweed.cool. Hollyweed.cool. All right. What is it? I can't do it. I knew it. I don't know how this works anymore. (laughs) Real vote of confidence. I completely forgot how this all works. Uh, There's no logo this week. That's okay. Idle Thumbs video game. It's oh, I briefly thought it was my job to say that, but I remembered it's not. Ah, <laughs> uh, 2017 starting strong. Oh yeah, on this podcast. What Jake doesn't know is I have a button down here that I can press to ruin all of his audio setups. <laughs> <laughs> I, that button is whenever not I, needed. Whenever I want to have the fun, plug, I just yeah, plug yeah, into yeah, the yeah it's just it's just the power. We all have the, access. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what Jake doesn't know is he plugged the entire setup into this light switch. <laughs> <clears throat> It's January 5th, 2017. This is Idle Thumbs 296. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome All to right. 2017. Thanks. Oh, I feel I feel welcome to this this year. It's got a sort of a welcoming. It doesn't. It's a fu- oh, no, it's no. fuck. But who cares? Well, it does have that Hollyweed side. It has that, it has that <laughs> Hollywood side. That was that was a true a true good thing to wake up to on New Year's Day of like maybe yeah. maybe everything's going to be okay because someone changed the sign that said Hollywood to say Hollyweed. You saw the picture of this, right? Oh yeah. Apparently yeah, that was a, yeah. a thing that someone had done in the seventies as well, and right. someone replicated it. And the oh, way that wow. it, the way that the, the it's, that, it's clever. Yeah, it, it doesn't actually require destroying the sign. Yeah, it's which it was it was it was defaced by. Is dra- it like a modular? Yeah, someone okay. no someone draped a black cloth over the oh, over like the bottom yeah, third of each of the what? of each of the <laughs> O's, and then they draped a white cloth <laughs> joining the two what? edges, so you could turn the O into. Yeah. It's like they like pixel art modified. Good job. Oh, yeah. what it's even better than I thought. Yeah, I mean, like it was pretty funny when I thought it had actually been defaced no but it's so much better that it's yeah everyone woke up yeah. they went everyone woke up went oh wow it says hollyweed now hilarious and then the people who like have to maintain the hollywood sign just like removed four cloths and it was back to being oh normal oh my god yeah yeah so that was basically the best way to ring in 2017 <laughs> the perot family visiting from australia said they noticed the sign from their hotel at the time it read hollywood while city park rangers were still switching <laughs> oh, that's from the old, the old english that's, yeah no, that's the welsh uh, yes that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when the Welsh colon originally colonized that area. Yes. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Back in in, in on January first, nineteen seventy six, a man named Danny Finegood altered the sign to read Hollyweed. <laughs> the same day, a marijuana law took effect, according to published reports. Mm. In, in November, in November well, twenty sixteen, California. California voters approved Proposition sixty four, which legalized the recreational use of marijuana. It was one of several times Finegood had altered the sign. In 1979, to mark Easter, he changed it to read Hollywood. In the 1980s, during the Iran-Contra hearings, he changed it to 
Hollywood to mock Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. <laughs> so this guy, is, I really like that the serial Hollywood changer yeah. sign guy is not a weed guy. He just really is amused. He's like a wacky wordplay. <laughs> he's yeah, Hollywood sign draper he's man. Definitely a seventies. He's yes. more even more of a seventies oh, yeah. man than the weed version right. of that guy is just the merry prankster yep. version of that guy. But now his his spirit lives on in a weed guy probably. That's the true. guy who did That's it now. True. Just That's like true. just some weed man. Maybe it's the same guy. Probably not. It's probably not the same guy. Probably some sort of weed God. guy. The image is so funny because the E's are just huge lowercase letters. I yep. really love this. <laughs> man, I'm so happy that it was just drapes. <laughs> I wonder if all the other, if the old ones in the seventies were also just drapes. I believe that it was the same style. Anyway. Man. Good anyway, good sorry. good just it's good. Yeah. It's good. Focus on the good things, Chris. Focus on Holly Weed. That's the one so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably all we're going to get. <laughs> what, for the year? <laughs> yeah, I think it's all downhill. Yeah. Anyway, well, how you guys doing? Not bad. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been like three weeks since we've actually recorded a podcast. Maybe? Yes, probably yeah. so. That's crazy. Yeah. we got three weeks of video games logged, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> I know the one video game that Chris has logged uh, because... Uh, 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 what the fuck? <laughs> what is that even? What? No, what? no, no, no. Listen, I'm on my plane coming home, right? And, uh, you know, I got the dumb Wi-Fi that was like 40 It's $40 now for this Wi-Fi. It's outrageous. But I bought it anyway because you can't play Mario Run without paying for Wi-Fi. Hold on. Which is ridiculous. Nick's about to try and incriminate me, so I have to... But like, it, no, 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 no. I have the floor. I no, have the floor. I have the floor. Quickly, what is going on? You claimed the other day... Uh, Senator, you, you need to wait for your time. You claimed the other uh, day that you paid for like the three dollar instant messaging version of wi-fi <laughs> well i did i did it i both so now you're now you're saying well i i bought the messaging so whatever it is you're about to say I oh, oh, oh i see now, oh, 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 now you, you yield you much. yield now yeah yeah okay you can't you can't incriminate me with continue with, it's completely unrelated All right. anyway i yield the floor so i i will i bought the messaging and then I realized you can't play Mario Run offline, so I I bought the the Wi-Fi and I'm I'm, I'm I pull up uh, the the thing and it says oh you have a friend uh, request or whatever and I went oh it's it's Chris Remo finally we connected because we had all these weird friend code issues yeah but it finally worked and I went to play the friend thing for the first time which is just like friendly run just do a friendly run <laughs> with your friend your best bud uh. You have 9,999 toads. <laughs> I told Chris the other day it was like, I have like a regular football team and Chris has like 9,000 dudes just taking the field. I like that your analogy to what it's like when the other person has 9,000 things is like, it's like if I had normal number and you had 9,000 of them. It's true it's though. Like, I, I like that you didn't, any the analogy was of that. not, it was like, it's like if I had a football team and then you took the barricades down and the entire stadium yeah, no. mobbed the field. That's the analogy, but it's, yeah. like, it's like I had a football team size oh, and well. you had the exact <laughs> integer that you actually Actually have. <laughs> well, in this in this analogy, technically, Jake, in the football version, it's only nine thousand. Whereas my toes, oh, 999 nine, nine other ones couldn't fit into the stadium. Well, no, it's, it's in the rule book. Stadium. That's the most you can have <laughs> oh, right. on the field at any given time, which yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought you have twelve, <laughs> but no, Chris has nine thousand. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? It's not very friendly run. <laughs> I, <laughs> Just I going for a friendly run with my 9,000 friends. I didn't name the run. <laughs> yeah, well. 
<laughs> and they are his friends. In the, in, <laughs> the, they, in the they have sworn their allegiance to him yeah, right. by divine oh, rule. Okay, yeah, you they know were, what? They were pressed into okay, service. No, seriously, that this game. You're you being Super Mario <laughs> Run. No, sorry. Okay, I have to say. <laughs> so a couple. Okay, a while ago, like a month ago, Jake, you and I were talking about these like subtle ways in which Mario's. Uh, oh yeah. Like oh. imperialistic tendencies are. Mm. Are yeah, did we, did we talk about that on the podcast? No, no. Okay, so this is this is an important uh, sort of observation of the text uh, of of the of just sort of the Super Mario canon. If you go to the original Super Mario Brothers, where Mario sort of is is it seems like he's implicitly tasked with freeing the Mushroom Kingdom from the rule of King Koopa, and like because mm. you you get to the end of each level and he takes down the flag uh, outside the castle. Like, he lowers the flag of his oppressor. Mm-hmm. And we realize that in New Super Mario Brothers, he takes down the flag and then he fucking puts up an M flag. <laughs> that that's like yeah. you've you've f- tipped over into like dictator into yeah. like yeah. I, Mussolini I, I liberate, Mario. I liberated yeah, you. Okay. Me Mario, notice my right. flag that says yeah. Mario uh, cuz I liberated you and maybe I rule you yeah. now. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> maybe it's well, Mario. At the time, time we were talking about it, I wasn't deep enough into the game. Didn't have my my football field of uh-huh. talent <laughs> yet. Um, so I, d- I wasn't actually aware of how much that is not just like one funny detail but actually the entire game. You like once I started digging into the kingdom builder mode, I'm like, wait a second. I am literally like enlisting toads to build my king. Like I am attracting <laughs> I, yeah, it's a, a, a populace. Like these are my subjects who I am like winning somehow well, to my kingdom. And then on top of that, like you, they, you segregate them by color. They all live in their own houses <laughs> look, look. that are with colors tied to the color of their skin. You, there's basically Mario is running an apartheid state. Well, he's just he's just keeping things organized and efficient, so that then when the, when the rebuilding is done, he can give the king and princess their kingdom back. But it's what just king. He's the fucking emperor. Listen, now. Chris. No. There's a threat, and it needs to be neutralized. Mario's and just Mario's gonna, gonna look, look, Mario's look, gonna look, take look, care look, of it all. He's just, just got a little more work the to do. Toads in the right houses until we can all figure out what's going on. Yeah. Right. We just have to figure out what's going on. Right. And when the threat the, is neutralized, everyone can, can come together, <laughs> can all live in the same house. Yeah. Mario's been promising them pizza tonight for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Mario's, Mario's campaign promises pizza tonight. Threats will be neutralized. Um, it's a me, Mario. That's it. <laughs> thank you me. so nice. Thank Vote you. To, yeah, thanks. Yeah, right. Return to your homes. I'll, thank you. Return uh, to your segregated homes. Right. I'll return to my level two castle, which I hope will have turned into a fucking level three castle. Oh, my soon. castle's whatever the highest castle. Yeah. my castle looks like you're the, the man in the high. You're the my, Mario in the high castle. In my, other words, Chris, my castle looks like the fucking castle at Shanghai Disneyland. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I, I feel like, uh, I feel like the sort of the Ali Moss Mario canon is actually revealing itself to be totally true. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm mm, saying. Which, oh, you mean the which was the the version where? Yeah, look at this fucking castle. Jesus. Look at this thing. <laughs> Eventually, they're going to have to add, like, zoom out functionality. Uh, all these Mario canon, w- which was the just... There are many great battles that eventually resolve themselves in the deep future, at which mm. point they can all just hang out and go to parties and play sports together. Right. Uh, and then, right. well, to clarify, because I don't know if we've actually talked about this at length on this podcast. I think we have. Have we? Okay. Maybe well, just we have To quickly summarize... To get into the, idea, the tr- true Mario lore. Yeah, the idea is that there are... <laughs> There were Mushroom Kingdom conflicts between, you know, Mario and Bowser and everyone else, and there were actual real conflicts, 
But also, in games such as uh, Super Mario Bros. 3, these conflicts were dramatized in mm. later eras in which oh, yeah. peace had already returned to the mu- right. Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. After which, yes. they all become friends and play tennis yeah, and in, race in, cards. In Ollie's and, canon, Mar- oh. since Mario 3 uh, is, has been confirmed, I think, by Miyamoto to be a stage play, Mario 3 right. is actually the retelling of Mario's 1 through whatever the fictional one is that takes place after... Like, I like that... Well, for a while there, it felt like it was just Bowser took over a bunch and then Mario defeated him, but then they all became friends. But I feel like Nintendo has secretly been introducing, like, the second act that we didn't predict, Mm. uh, which is actually the rise of Mario. (laughs) And then the reason that everyone comes back together is because the the implied... implied Well... Ultimate conflict here is is the game that we'll never see. Why won't you show us this game, Nintendo? Where Princess Peach and Bowser have to take down the like despotic, mm. yeah, Mario, and then he's like, "What did I become?" And then they all realize they've all had their rise and fall. Then they can be friends. Uh, is it possible that Wario is somehow worked into this in a way that I feel like we haven't expected? Yeah, like, well, is I- Wario actually Mario? <laughs> oh no! Is he fuck, just the Mus- Mussolini no, you guys, Wario? You guys, you guys, in this game, okay. I <laughs> was, well, in this game, Mario becomes no, no, Mario. No, 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 like, what? no, 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 I totally forgot about in this, this game. Go- President Zogu becomes Zog. No, I'm glad I wasn't holding my coffee cup just now because I would have fucking usual suspected it all over the ground. Um, like I, I realized uh, this was like weeks ago that I noticed this. I play this game 99 percent of the time without audio because that's I just that's just what I do. Okay. Um, and uh, but I, I start I like one day I had headphones in and I was using the the sound effects and Mario fucking in this game he says Mario is number one. Oh yeah, he literally talks. Oh, that's the wrong character. Like Wario yeah. and Waluigi now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually is. <laughs> yeah, like this is like. Truly, he is becoming a, a megalomaniacal. Yeah, he's, he's just gonna like, yeah. He's God. like Mario, and he's like Wario and Waluigi, but with actual power and ability. Yeah, so hope, hopefully, the end of this game is like Mario being fed food by all the toads who are thanking him, and then just getting fat. Yeah. Well, hopefully, he looks in the mirror and you, he realizes that he looks like Wario all that's, along. Yeah. And, and that's then, you like, know, like this is an even deeper yeah. like Inception level continuity where Wario is actually. A like far future version of Mario. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. No, that's proposing. Oh, oh, yeah, no, that's oh, what okay, I'm proposing. Okay, that, that, okay. that the, the, okay, the okay. Mario, yeah, ten minutes behind Chris. We're already we're already Mario's into rise okay, into like into an into a horrible world leader is actually yeah. like at one point. He just, mean, he, but you mean he's literally the same person? Yeah, he just yeah yeah, Mario. yeah 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 no. Yeah. The second act is that he and becomes Wario, Wario and then Wario is taken down. Uh, in the far future by, well, I don't know, yeah, Princess Peach or by something. By Princess Peach yeah. and right. Bowser. Yeah. But I mean, Wario exists in the same continuity as Mario at the same time. So Wario well, must there's have a like, time well, there's yeah, also there's like some Mario. kind of wormhole or something, which... There's actor Mario as well. Oh, you have to keep in mind that so, Mario 3 so Mario, Mario is not real so, Mario. So it's, Wario, it's, the, it's the famous actor playing Mario. Right. So Wario, <laughs> a.k.a. old Mario, in the style of like AKA old AKA dishonored snake. Mario. <laughs> right. yeah, dishonored yeah. Mario. Hires a like younger, slimmer actor right. to portray his younger self exactly. when he still went by yeah. the name Mario. It's my hope that yeah. that started off as like propaganda Mario, like that would still show up <laughs> right. in videos. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then eventually, like. sort of after yeah, yeah. after society rebuilds itself he then just becomes the sort of he portrays right. Mario it could also be his son Mario Mario <laughs> <laughs> it's 
We don't know, but God, you know, where does, where does there's, it, a missing, that, there's a gap that makes, there. We're that not makes entirely because there is Baby Mario, right? So makes, Baby Mario. Oh, true. You know, well, Baby Mario grows we, up into Mario that fights Wario, who was Mario. It's <laughs> Jesus. This. Uh, have you guys played Super Mario Land: The Six Golden Coins on the Game Boy? Yes. Uh, I mean, I have, but so long. Ago Ollie that I is don't. convinced that that is somehow secretly a later game as well, because in that mm. Mario is definitely like super money hungry but then also there's a level off to the side called Mario Zone that is like a 50 foot high robot of Mario which <laughs> oh I remember that so yeah. I feel like that also could land in some somehow in this lore anyway I think Mar- Wario yeah. is in that game no. as well isn't he yes Wario is yeah. the villain in that yes I don't know. This is the, okay. It's getting okay, dangerous. Now it's getting weird. But yeah. So here's an. Although, here's, well, if Wario has created the Mario Zone, then that implies that what that game actually is is uh, your son yes. Mario. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, that could be a trying to game take then. you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's raising funds. Yes. Uh, I, if if you assume that that Wario is the original Mario who then became corrupted, mm-hmm. and his son Mario uh, is working to take him out, I feel like there actually could be a proper entire continuity that would track. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. You could you could construct a tree. I feel like there's someone on a forum who would help us with this. There's yeah. also I don't know how this how I, I haven't yet determined how. Uh, Luigi and Waluigi fit into this sort of timeline. That's way more tragic, however it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Or no, no, they're, they're, they're two separate characters. That's they, way better. Okay. If no, they, yeah, think, no. If they, I yeah. think they are. They they may well be two separate characters. It's but, it's, it's but funnier. Aside from the aside from the plot elements, the actual okay. emotional arc of Luigi makes so much more sense and is even more sad and a bummer. Because here's the thing about Luigi in this game, and correct me if I'm like factually wrong about the mechanics here. I don't know if you guys have unlocked Luigi. Uh, yeah. Game? Okay. So, uh, do you use him? Because I no, only I, I don't play with him. Luigi. Really? Okay. I would never be that cruel. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. But here's the thing. As far as I can tell, and again, like someone correct me if I'm wrong about this. As far as I can tell, Luigi is strictly better than Mario. He is identical to Mario, except he can jump higher. Everybody's is, better than Mario in that game, which is the weird thing. Not really. I don't think no, better. that's not true. Because not better? yeah, because mm-hmm. other characters can't necessarily like not all the other characters can. Um, like Toad can't use a, a mushroom to get bigger and then have. Well, that's the way that they're limiting you. But but can Luigi? So he he Toad essentially has one hit point in a yeah. way that Mario doesn't. But my point is that Luigi can do literally everything that Mario can do, mm. but also can jump higher. He's right. actually better than Mario, right. but he's so, still portrayed as this so like sad loser. In in yeah. in this lore where Mario, uh, in this super truly important lore that we've this, that we finally pieced together, um, yeah, where Mario rises up and becomes a dictator and then slowly turns into Wario, what I think happens is Luigi goes into the castle one day and Mario has just brought in Waluigi. <laughs> Where it's like, this is my friend Waluigi. And then Luigi just is like, oh, I, I am your brother Luigi. Oh, and then he just leaves. Yeah. Like, Luigi just gets replaced by a lankier, more evil Luigi. Uh, right. When, like, who becomes, I guess, like, the, like, shitty Grand Vizier character in this relationship, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah, slash, slash minion. But then regular Luigi is just sort of like, oh... Just walking around sad, right? Uh, having be- like he-, he watched his brother transform, yeah, into this horrible man, mm-hmm. and then he himself just gets replaced by like a shittier. I evil mean, that explains of why he's such a sad sack. Yeah, you can see the scene where he like calls to Yoshi, like, "Come on, Yoshi, come on, Yoshi." And Yoshi's like, and then just turns to Mario and just walks away with Mario. You know, like the, like yeah, calling the sure. dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, I that, mean, again, yeah. Luigi is better than Mario. Yeah, it, mechanically no, speaking. So, like, really, but he should he should stay pure as good Luigi through the entire duration of this. Yeah, and then at one point he'll beat Waluigi at tennis, and you know, 
Luigi will feel good about it and no one will notice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that Super Mario Run has this, like, I feel like this kind of really deep narrative layering is really what truly keeps people coming yeah. back to mobile okay. games like this. No, no I how, do. You know, I love you know, lore. You, you know gotta what? have that working you know in, in tandem actually, with the mechanics. I have an opinion about this as well. Because as Nick has, <laughs> I've just, as Nick has pointed out, I do in fact have 9,999 toads. And not only that, I have unlocked every single thing it is possible to unlock in this game. Yeah. I have all the coins, which I know, Nick, you also have, the all the black coins. Yeah. Um, but I also have every single item it is possible to unlock. Like, I have unlocked every mm. single kingdom item that there is to unlock. So you definitely, you installed a gold statue of Mario, right? But then you had to remove it because it wasn't efficient. I have a gold statue of Mario. Enough. I have the, the fucking peach cake. I have all this garbage. Um <laughs> I, I have all the stuff. The, the, the future ruins that people my, will, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, Ozymandias, the Ozymandias yeah. statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is this gold that. statue. The nose is falling off, but, you know, uh, yeah, I've got you the can sense. see it's of the period. And, you um, know. <laughs> but the, the point I want to make with respect to that, <laughs> honestly, like, this, playing this game and ex- like sort of exhausting this game's content to the degree that I, that I did has actually given me a really significant perspective into people who like get really frustrated about game pricing and game length and things like that. So I think this game is an entirely like way more than reasonable justification of a $10 price tag. Like I don't like for the record, I in no way do I, do I think this game is like poor value. I I don't think it's unreasonable for Nintendo to charge that much. But if you think about it, well, but if you really think about it, (laughs) no, but here's, here's the thing that I realized, like, we we on this podcast. That's just like, my favorite sentence to say. Sorry, before <laughs> yeah, saying something stupid. No, that's fair enough. We're in the but if you think about it segment. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like you know, N- you know, Nick, for instance, you and I, are, I think, are like often noted as being people who just like as being the good hosts of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> who are, you know, will will sort of just ignore. I mean, you like on your Dark Souls streams, you will just like ignore lore. I don't know what you're talking about. To almost a like an aggressive degree. I, I love lore. Um, and. I often lore lovers. God, I'm trying to figure out how to like explain what I'm trying to say about this. So, the a thing that that I realize is a lot of games that I get a lot of value out of that I feel like I really like, even if it's a sixty dollar game. Often the ones that I I walk away with most satisfied are the ones I do not finish. You know, I mean there are exceptions to that, right? Like I've I've played at least all the main content in the new Hitman game, for instance, which I just bring up because it's a very recent example. And it's unusual for me to play all the way through a campaign. Even there, there's a ton of side content I haven't played. But, you know, I played all the way through the thing. Often, though, even if it's something I really, a game I really like, I won't actually complete it. And I think that gives me this, like, weird advantage in terms of how I end up ultimately feeling about the thing, which is I didn't have to end it badly. And this is something that I've realized, like... Mario has no, there's no, other than like all of the implied story that we're talking about, which is obviously canon and true, uh, the game itself doesn't have like an actual storyline that ever concludes. Like the game never stops. Not only that, there's no like you've achieved 100%. Not that I think that would actually, I don't think they should put that in this game. It never says it's time to stop playing. Yeah. And so I, I ultimately have been left with a really like unsatisfied kind of empty feeling with this game even though every single second I played playing it was really fun there was no arc there was no like oh like I'm working towards something and now I've achieved it Um, and I realized that a lot of game stories 
are like that, even when they do have a conclusive ending. Like I, a lot of times I just find game stories to be kind of dumb and I often find their endings to be like not very satisfying. And I'm wondering if one of the things that is going on with with people who like often complain on the internet about like a thing not being long enough, not having content. I wonder if part of it is just that they just never actually I'm sure in some cases people just literally want everything to be free and they just, they just want to complain about shit. But, like, I'm sure there is, like, this emotional component, because I definitely am feeling it with this game, of, like, I just put a bunch of time into this thing and it just kind of stopped. And regardless of how much time it was, it doesn't affect the second you're done with it. Like, no matter how much time you put into it before, you still have to have a final moment. And if that final moment isn't satisfying, it really does like bring the whole thing down right. and make it feel Mario like... Run, Mario Run didn't end with you like feeling emotionally propelled upwards so yeah, you can sort of ride the high of the end of yeah. Mario Run no, absolutely uh, not. after you turn your phone off. I mean, quite the yeah. opposite. In this game, it was, it was actually an extreme example because because there are these just weird corners of things in this game. There's all the rallies. There's like the Kingdom Builder. There's all this just like stuff. It feels like there's always something more to dig into but there isn't really like a lot of that stuff is actually pretty hollow like the kingdom builder doesn't isn't actually an interesting component of the game but when that's the only thing left and you like the game you find yourself being like well I guess I should play more rallies so I can can get more kingdom stuff but it's not interesting or fun and when you're done with it it just stops and it's just like you hit a wall it's not even you hit a wall because the game never tells you you're even done you just have to eventually realize oh wait I'm no longer achieving anything there's actually nothing left to achieve I've actually found that to be increasingly the case specifically I know I know you were talking more broadly about about that feeling in in just completing or not completing games and sort of the if the lack of a satisfying ending or like you feel like you just have to start scraping the bottom of the barrel of all the ancillary content to like yeah. chase that high. But I think just even specifically within Mario games, um, within like the Super Mario line, if you start with like Mario 3 and Super Mario World and then go, I guess, all the way to Super Mario Run, which is a goofy introductory, int- but those games have become increasingly unsatisfying to complete, I feel like. Like, I think when you beat Mario 3 or Super Mario World, you are the fucking happiest person in the entire world. Like, Bowser explodes, then the characters, like, walk back through the entire world of the game, like, a huge big band song is playing, it shows you every single enemy that you've defeated on, like, this crazy montage that lasts, like, five minutes. Like, just... you that game is built to sort of relish the moment of you bested this video game and then i think once the they introduced the star system in mario 64 where it was like you can beat all the levels but really you haven't gotten every star you need to get to beat the game and then you go through and you get all the stars and then you've done that and yep. then now and then it's like or you get all the stars and then you can unlock luigi and you can get all the stars as luigi and it's like well Eventually, the sort of the breadth of content available versus the game having any sort of satisfying arc, like right. the the needle starts moving way towards breadth of stuff <clears throat> as opposed to it's just satisfying to get through. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you know, obviously the upside of there's a million stars and you can unlock a billion characters and stuff is that like if you really get into the mechanical challenge of something like Super Mario Galaxy, you could play it for a long ass time if you unlock Luigi and play through Super Luigi Galaxy, or in this game. The levels have all the different coin paths you can unlock right. and whatever, but there's no way to then like bottleneck it back down into like I've u- now that I've mastered all this stuff, I can use it in a way that right. is satisfying. Like there's no, yeah, there's no conclusion. There's no like there's no like culminate. You don't anything. get to build yeah. your kingdom 
uh, to a point that allows you to have like a cannon that launches you into the special zone of like the super ultimate right. challenging levels or whatever. Yeah. But like again, Mario World actually had that and it was really good. Um, but that I just I remember the feeling of beating Super Mario World for the first time was just like yeah. the happiest feeling, and it felt like it was just orchestrated to the finest degree to make you feel really, really satisfied with that game experience. And it's, it seems like it might just be mechanically impossible to do that with the sort of style of games that exist, uh, or that Mario has kind of turned itself into. Because mm-hmm. you, you get to the end, and like you beat all the levels and beat Bowser, and then it's like, well, yeah, that's well, fine, I, that's fine, yeah. that's fine, but it doesn't actually mean anything, because right. the game just keeps running, and there's 3,000 other things to it do. It also, for what it's worth, like I don't think this changing this would solve this problem at all, but it also doesn't certainly doesn't help that the story is still like... Peach gets captured and she's going to bake you a cake and stuff. Like, it's pretty lame. (laughs) I mean, we know they need to get a little deeper into the sort of, like, meta story that they've been alluding to for 30 years. I feel like like they (laughs) should really start paying that stuff off. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, if it helps, uh, you beat it. That's true. You, you won. I did win. You, you can stop. I playing won. Why now. do I feel so hollow? You should. You well, should, it's 2017. Uh, you should petition. <laughs> you should petition. That's unrelated. I, I, none of these thoughts are related to this game. I probably. I feel like. I feel like you could. Yeah, you, I could start cha- a change.org. Yeah, petition. you could find enough dissatisfied, true Mario fans. Yeah. Who are like bring back the satisfying endings that I remember in Mario. Mario games used to be known for their great endings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing that makes this tough, right? Is that, like, obviously a Mario game is never going to have, like, an actual... I mean, nor do I need it to have an interesting story. Although I do think, like, maybe chill out on the damsel in distress thing a little bit. But, but, like, yeah, a Mario game is never going to have a, like, written story that is good. But I do think you're right when... Like, I do... Well, at least I think the comparison is interesting to older Mario games that do feel like there's more of a sort of just like a trunk that you're heading along. Yeah. That be, like, which is ironic because weeks ago, and I still think this is true, I said one of the strengths of this game is that they do have these multiple paths that really allow the game to scale in a in a very elegant way. But they're not working towards any sort of payoff, right? They're just working towards... They're, like, they're, they're working they're, towards satisfying people of different skill levels. Right. Which it does in the moment. But, at, but you, really brilliantly. There's, there's no, like... They're they are means to themselves. Like they're not. Right. You're not working towards anything other than literally right. filling up all the lights uh, right. on the level map. And then right. once you fill up all the lights, you've done it. Right. It doesn't yeah, like the, it, those don't true. unlock more things mm-hmm. or yeah. anything like that. Right. They don't. You know. Yep. They don't solve any of your personal problems. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's still weird. You I, never discover anything about of, yourself. You never. It, well, yeah, I, no. Yeah, I yeah, mean, Mario has looked into look, you. I think Chris. this is ultimately <laughs> my frustration: <laughs> is that I paid ten dollars on the app store for this video game, and, it didn't and solve I still your life. feel hollow inside. Yeah. As a human being, I, I was going to say, I, might I, even I, I wanted to hear you talk for twenty minutes hollow, about uh, about I monetization. Even, yeah, I feel even more uh, hollow, <laughs> and I don't understand Miyamoto why uh, I still cry myself to sleep every night. I spent ten dollars on your game. Why isn't my life better? Uh, I could have watched. Uh, th- that was the intended effect, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was. what I was going for. I was like, yeah, you're collecting and spending all of these coins, but yeah. at the end, you're just the same person. You're maybe yeah. even sadder this, for the this, experience. Right. Mario I, Run is a neo-capitalist nightmare. Yeah, when he's yeah. like, you know, I, when I when I go uh, to the to the shopping mall in my town, as I did in my youth, <laughs> I would come home with all of these things, and then I would just right. they would just take up space and yeah. take up my time. Yeah. Now I garden. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now I guard you. Play Mario. Everyone interesting. tells me how great interesting. I am all the time. <laughs> yeah. And they build buildings right. in my honor. He says as he's like drafting plans for the Nintendo theme park. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, oh, so now he's now he's playing. Uh, now he's just a gardener. So you're saying that really what's well, what Super Mario Run is really saying is the true the true satisfaction does not come from uh, iOS Mario games, but really just you should go play well, no, two multiplayer. He's a gardener, but he has like a Bluetooth speaker, and every time somebody buys Mario Run, he hears a little coin sound. Uh, That's really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and he says to himself. I'm number one. <laughs> and then the camera, like, hard cuts three times closer red. and closer to his eye, which is red. red. Yeah. And he's raising the M flag uh, in, his, for Miyamoto? in his backyard for Miyamoto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Weamoto. Mm. <laughs> that's where the Wii, that's where the name of the Wii came okay. from. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Finish that one out strong. Let's take a break. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends directly to your door everything you need to make delicious home-cooked meals. They send you all the ingredients. They send you the recipes. Um, These are recipes that end up spanning a wide variety of cuisines and proteins and all all different things, and they are really delicious. I've made a bunch of them myself. Imagine yourself making this. I, I will. Spicy shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage and furikake. Mm-hmm. Spaghetti squash and marinara with mushrooms and garlic knots. Seared pork chops with farro and cranberry chutney. That just makes you sound fancy even to say it, but imagine doing it. And then eating it. In like under an hour generally, uh, and then eating it, and it's delicious. Blue Apron will turn you onto all different kinds of cuisines and ingredients that you can then check out in the nights where you uh, don't have a Blue Apron delivery. Um, they come three times a week. And if you go to blueapron.com slash idle, that is blueapron.com slash idle. 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 You can get your first three meals free with free shipping also. Nice. Free meals, free shipping. Why would you not do that? Uh, blueapron.com slash idle. You eat them. You, you, you eat them. <laughs> that is blueapron.com slash idle. You cook them, then eat them. You cook them, you eat them. That's a, a line from Indiana Jones 5. Oh, God. Which, as we know, is underwritten by Blue Apron. (laughs) (laughs) Squarespace. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is, as you know by now. As I know. Well, what Nick knows, probably. The best, easiest, fastest, most (laughs) user-friendly, responsive, and professional way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. This is the time. It's a new year. Set yourself a resolution. Make a website. Get your domain name. If you go to squarespace.com and enter the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. And when you sign up... And? Yeah, when you sign up to Squarespace for a year, you will get a domain name thrown in there as well. You can you can discuss all of your plans for the new year. How are you going to build your, your <laughs> empire? And your ambitious plans for the new year as represented on your new website mm. made with Squarespace. Squarespace.com, promo code THUMBS will get you 10% off. Sign up for a year, get that domain name. You can register 2017is.cool. <laughs> that is going way out on a limb, I would say, at this stage. Look, that's Chris. a big, that's a real big uh, bite you're taking. Okay, you could, get the, you could, you could uh, 
You could represent the one good thing that's happened this year and get hollyweed.cool. <laughs> <laughs> Squarespace.com. Promo code THUMBS will get you 10% off. Sign up for a year. Get that domain name. Hollyweed.cool. People on chat are asking what that creature behind you is. That is obviously Salacious Crumb, a.k.a. Salacious Thumb, our friend. That's true. It is Salacious Thumb. Zach from uh, Video Games Hot Dog got that for us in Disneyland like years ago. Oh, yeah. In honor of what, the old podcast episode? Salacious Thumb? I think so, in honor of Salacious Thumb. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think was his first uh, listen and favorite Idle Thumbs episode for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. That was that episode that that went really badly to record, so we just turned it into a noir murder mystery involving... Oh, weird. I forgot about that. That was (laughs) With the ODST soundtrack. Yeah. Were you on that one, Nick, or was that Steve? No. That was Steve. Okay. We were all really tired, I remember. Uh, It was... uh, And it just had a lot of stops and starts in it, and we're like, what do we fucking do? I guess we'll just record stupid detective dialogue uh, with the (laughs) ODST soundtrack in the background. Then, like, I had my... Nick's probably never even heard this. He probably didn't even know no, what we're talking about. I have about. no idea no. what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I had. So I remember weird. I had my Mac over at your office or at your at your office at your apartment because I think we were doing work on the website that day or something. And then I ended up we ended up like using two computers for like two hours to put that episode together. Oh man, oh, yeah, that was a pain in the butt. Yep. Where I went and like found someone who had ripped the ODST soundtrack out of the game or something. Oh, that was... No, no, I bought it on iTunes. Oh, in you fact, bought it on iTunes to this day. I own it's two in- things on iTunes, <laughs> and one of them is like a single Beatles track that I bought for some other purpose one time, and the other one is... The ODST uh, soundtrack. Not even the ODST soundtrack, but that one track from the ODST <laughs> Just soundtrack. Just the one with the smoky sax in it? Cents. Yeah. Oh, so man. to this day, anytime I get like a new <laughs> Apple device or computer or Windows PC with iTunes on it, uh, every time the ODST soundtrack... like. It's pre-populated. Up, it's yeah. just there. Yeah. And <laughs> and um, because I never use I don't use Apple's ecosystem at all for music other than those things. And so if whenever I if I do like a fresh, um, you know, if I'm like setting up a new iPhone or something and I get everything going uh, because I don't use their music app by default, but because that is the system default for everything. Like if I plug headphones in and just press play on my phone without anything else already being paused, it will just it'll be like, oh, you want to play music? Ah, I know what you want. And it starts playing this, the essentials. like, Smoky Sax <laughs> Halo ODST yeah. soundtrack. That is just, for years, that has been this weird, like, background <laughs> thing that will just, when I least expect it, um, you know, like, let's say I had a podcast on pause, and it was paused for, like, an entire day, and then on my phone cache will, like, forget about it. Mm. And then I'll be like, oh, right, wasn't I listening to a podcast? Play. Good, God, good. I've gone to great lengths to try and like remove it from my life, but uh, it finds a way to sneak back in. <laughs> you won't. You will never get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Bono track for you, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was able to actually remove that from my library. Oh, good. The Bono, yeah, or the yeah that U two album. Nick, you said you had something to talk about today. Oh, are we back? Did we ever leave? Oh, I think we're back. Okay. I'm well, I did. I did go home and look at a bunch of my old stuff, and I've got oh right stuff. Oh man, that. God, do you have that with you? Well, so what I did is I took pictures of every single page of you everything. Need context. Okay. Okay. So, well, the context is that my 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 mom basically kept everything. Yeah, your mom is I an amazing chronicler of your early life. Well, it's <laughs> just all kind of in a big box. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of it's ridiculous. I I sort of like over the last few years have been slowly unearthing this stuff, but. Because they moved and, and had to actually put it in boxes and right, they're just right. stacked to the ceiling. 
but then I found um, I found a box this year that I had not found previously, and it has just a lot of early works. So this is, these are <laughs> like school assignments mainly, as far as I can uh, tell. More or less, yeah. Um, like one classic of this that, that we've never actually read the substance of, but the title page is one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my is life. Is this the ants thing? Yes, which well, is a, okay, a, so a that, school report by Nick Brecken. So I spent half a day l- trying to find that, but only the front cover can I find. So that, oh, that oh, actually no. I do not have. Well, okay. What's uh, the title of that one, the title though? Is, but I can, the title is Ants, colon, Do They Deserve the Torture? <laughs> by, <laughs> by Nick Brecken. We, we've uh, I we've all know sort of assumed age. that that was, that was somehow like Sim Ant related. Yeah, it was. I feel like that, that must have it been was. inspired by Simmons. Oh, and I found some other things that were clearly inspired by other games. I found, like, a rambling story about Lemmings uh, that was just like, all right, <laughs> Nick, like, settle down. Uh, Do you lo- who doesn't love Lemmings? Well, was it about Christmas true. Lemmings? Uh, no. I there think were just... four Christmas Lemmingses that were made. How Wait, ridiculous. really? Yes. Oh, that's very strange. There was, like, a trade oh, yeah. show one, a demo disc one, yeah. and then two commercial Christmas Lemmings. Right, yeah. They did anniversary releases, basically. Yeah, you got a every Christmas. It's like the annual sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worms of its day. Well, regular lemmings was the worms of its day, and this is the Christmas worms of its day. Well, that's what I mean. Like the fact that there's yeah. all these like special editions and all this crap. Wait, so Nick, do you have material? I have material. I uh-huh. can give you a choice. I can actually, if, as if you were like going down a bookshelf, mm-hmm. and then I'll just sort of give you a few titles. <laughs> okay. And because I, I don't want you know we don't have to wait. Do we don't want to. You're not. We're not going to read the actual material. Well, we can. We can. He's just going to read a few. I think we're going to. Well, get I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I think so it's better to leave to leave people I, want more a little bit. Don't read the no, whole no, library. No, 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 no. Yeah. Are you kidding? No, of course not. We got to tantalize. Have, no, we have to tantalize. Also, I would prefer to read it so you can't do any on-the-fly editorial. Uh, oh, that's true. Work. Hand over that phone. All right, but but let me let me let me get you to oh, the, sure, the title sure. page. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so um, we have the Adventures of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> the Adventures of fairly, the Ninja Turtles. Okay. Fairly knowable. Uh, there we have the history of Cowland. The history of Cowland. Um, Jurassic <laughs> Angie. Jurassic <laughs> Angie. Okay. Uh, right. The stick up. Are these Jeopardy categories? <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading them like that. Uh, the stick up. The stick up. Um, I, I don't know the true story of DK, which I feel like maybe Donkey Kong. Uh, well, in this case, very much so. Yes. Um, but it's a true story. Yes, but it's yeah. the true story. I f- we shouldn't pick that one. We have enough Nintendo we lore know bombs. The true story of yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I can save that one. Um, and then there's an untitled work here. Which uh, actually, I should. Is there just, an opus? Number? I have the physical version of that. I should bring that in. Um, so that's probably not a good one for today. But uh, oh, and then this Lemmings thing. This is the Lemmings thing is a short story, really. I learned about lemming, lemmings. Thou are small rodents. The multiply and walk strat. Wade and drown ourselves. This sounds like you're reading Middle English or something. You know? <laughs> it looks like this it is, is the Lemmings sort of tale. Uh... Oh wow, this is very young. Oh yeah, oh this yeah. Is, this is very young. Yeah. It looks like an adult helped you out here. I learned about lemmings. They are small rodents <laughs> that multiply and walk strat, wade and drown their selves. What? <laughs> they drown. They drown themselves. Drown themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and then an adult wrote in the margin. Over the cliff or in the water they go. I know, oh, which I thought was a little insidious. That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> An adult also wrote with a little smiley face, sometimes it doesn't pay to follow the leader. Exclamation point, <laughs> smiley face. <laughs> this is, you, no wonder you turned out this way. Oh. Look at these morbid supervisors you Oh, had. I found some interesting stuff. It's a little too morbid for a podcast, but there's no, some it's really... Not. Well, no, it's not. Well, <laughs> well, well, very interesting stuff. But anyway... 
Um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's really strange. Like, I mean, I found, <laughs> I found this weird piece of cardboard that, like, was about the size of a note card. And it, it, I must have, like, I, I was probably very young, but I must have been just, like, really angry at my dad because I wrote just in, like, furious scrawling, like, my dad, I don't like my dad. He doesn't work hard enough for his family. Oh, no. <laughs> I found oh, this no. just like scrap. And one, I was like, Mom, why did you keep this? <laughs> but then two, like, what? Like, what, what, what's the history? What, what? Why would I write this? Yeah. Just, it wasn't like a school assignment. It was just like me. Oh, no. Just, yeah. And I showed it to my dad and he was just like, <laughs> like why would you why would you do this well you showed it to him as a child or no no now now I was like this is what I so thought of you he had not seen this at the time happy Christmas your mother secretly yeah. kept this incriminating yeah. doc accusation it was really weird Jesus Christ yeah. that is intense yeah I found a lot of weird stuff like I weird just, stuff yeah it's weird <laughs> to get into on a podcast but like I found like my when my grandpa died um I had I, I guess I was writing this just for like a school um uh, is this uh, the grandpa who called you Jasper? No, no, uh, different one. Other, other grandpa. Yeah, okay. uh, my mom's dad, and uh, I had just written like we were just writing diaries to the teacher just while this was happening. Yeah. So I have like daily entries of like writing to her, so I can actually like go through my entire like process. Wow. While that was happening, like he's sick now, and then she's oh writing God. back like that's really sad. Wow. Next day, like oh uh, he still has ne- now he has pneumonia, and she's like oh that's a bummer. How old were you then, at the time? Uh, let's see, this was probably 91 or 92, so or seven, seven, six or seven. Yeah. It was kind of intense. At Seven one point eight. she was like, do you need to see the counselor? I'm like, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> it's like really, wow. it's kind of impressive. I was like, oh man, that was, so I handled that pretty like well. you were actually working through grief. Yeah. And you have at a young age and you yeah. have a record of that. That's actually really interesting. It's really it interesting. Out, the cover page to that is ants, <laughs> do they deserve the oh torture? <laughs> That's a, that is interesting because I, I yeah. at a very similar age. Sorry, Nick. Like my <laughs> my father's father died at a similar age, mm. and my parents like really shielded me from it in uh, an intense way. Like yeah. I, they told me like when he died, but like leading up to it, I had no yeah. idea anything was happening. Like right. I didn't go to his funeral or anything. Mm. Like they really did not mm. like. Yeah. They absolutely did not keep me in the loop on that whatsoever. Well, what's funny is I don't really have a strong memory of it, but yeah. but clearly I was not at all shielded. It was, right. it was really strange yeah. to, to see that because yeah. I, I just had assumed that because, you That's know. That's probably good, though. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Well, like, the, well, it's good as long as you had a method to work through it, right? Yeah, like, I suppose. Which, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, really weird stuff. Like, I, I did an interview with... Um, my grandma at a certain point and she was talking about it was like for the de- about like the depression oh wow but in it she was like talking about things was this around the same time or were you older? no no i was a little bit older yeah, but but so. um it's just like all of her words transcribed on paper about wow. like the depression but then there are just like weird moments where she predicts things that will happen later in my like, family it's really okay, strange. i thought you were gonna be like iphones no, no, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's bizarre anyway. Huh. Like, you mean like things people are, decisions people are going to make or like misfortunes Well, that like she talks you? about my dad's dad and says some stuff that actually like, she's like, well, for instance, like if, you know, she's like talking about the stock market and like, you know, for instance, your dad's dad, if he lost, like if the stock market went bad, he'd be like really bummed out that like this would happen. And then he fucking lost a ton of money in the dot-com boom. It's really strange. Anyway, huh. weird stuff. But then they're also just goofy books. Right. <laughs> so. I don't know. Huh. So you have a complete life there, Nick. You got the whole Nick Brecken. I do. It's very strange. Um, <sighs> nice. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I think more of the, more of more of your assignments need to be surfaced here. Yeah, because I need to see beyond the the title page. The the young the well, young I Lemmings mean, thing. That's 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 pretty good. But also, below a certain age, every kid's ramblings are basically the same. Yeah, yeah. we need we need some of that prime. But what like, you turn well, into a few like years fourth later? Fourth grade. Yeah, second to fourth grade <laughs> Nick Brecken material. Yeah. Is, you don't have to do it right this second. No, I mean, I feel no, like no, if people, if it. you become an Idle Thumbs Pro subscriber, you can get access to eBooks of all of Nick's uh, <laughs> childhood yeah. and also his current diary if you become a gold member. My <laughs> <laughs> current diary is just Dark Souls streams. Yeah. Well, yeah so no, so no, it, went, it went from these writings in yeah. your earliest days to the sort of mid, mid-era live yeah. journal uh, to now just you monologuing while Dark Souls streaming. Yeah. That's sort of the, the evolution of, of Nick Brecken. Yeah. Huh? Did either of you guys play Frog Fractions Two at all? Excuse me. Did either of you play oh, Glittermitten Grove? Yes, I did. You did. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to talk about it at all in this podcast? Right. So Frog Fraction Two is this crazy game um, by Jim Crawford and and some some associates that's been in the develop in development for like what two or three years now? A couple years. Yeah, yeah. As a sequel to the Flash game Frog Fractions, which is like you should play it if you haven't. It's a free Flash game. And it's this just insane, like, unfolding onto itself a million times. This experience. Experience, yeah. yeah. That just is not worth even explaining. But it's just the point of it is, like, you will be surprised more times than you can imagine. And uh, and so Frog Fractions 2 was kickstarted a couple years ago um, with the promise that the game would eventually be released covertly inside of another game. And in the years since then, there has been an increasingly ambitious and sprawling AR alternate reality game that has been linked to Frog Fractions 2. Um, there were, in fact, two c- running concurrently at one point that people yeah. did not know were directly related right. to each other. Yes, and um, and now the game, like, the jig is up, in the, so to speak, in the, in the way that it's been phrased um, ever since the Kickstarter, and I think it's safe to say at this point, given how widely it's been reported, yeah. that Frog Fractions 2 exists in a otherwise very obscure steam game called Glittermitten Grove which is a uh, it's essentially a sort of light builder game like it's kind of a like a town builder in a forest where with you, so, like a little bit of resource management and right, like yeah. excavating and stuff but yeah you essentially build a little fairy village in a forest um and through like you know you do something to unlock frog fractions 2 inside of this game and I ended up playing a lot more of Glittermitten Grove itself than I expected to. Same. Uh, I really like that game. It's just a it's a really sort of pleasant, calming. Cause, I mean, you know, I like just sort of builder games, resource management games, and this one is one that has, I think, a pretty good core loop to it. Um, it is challenging to do really well, but has a very a very soft failure states like. It's not, you know, you, you can... The fairies will move out of your town, but then it almost always will just say, another one moved in and brought right. a little bit of the resource that you didn't have. Yeah, like, it's, uh-huh. yeah. It, it, it lets you maintain that stasis that you like in a builder game where you can just yes. keep making cool stuff. Exactly. Uh, Jim Crawford actually is in our office pretty often mm-hmm. here because uh, Video Games Hot Dog records in the same studio which, on which he is a regular host. Um, so during the development of Frog Fractions 2, we talked to him a lot about yep. stuff. Never about the specifics of like what his game was, no. what game it would be inside, etc. Up until the very last minute when he did show us uh, Glittermitten Grove when it went live on Steam. But he said a, a thing that was really important to him about the way that Frog Fractions 2 was going to work is that 
part of the money from the Kickstarter would actually fund the development of that game. And it was a game made by a friend of his who, like, he said he already really wanted to make that game. So it was like Frog Fractions 2 was an opportunity to actually let his friend make a game he wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And I had the same reaction. I was just sort of expecting Glittermitten Grove to be almost like a joke game that's on, like, a CD-ROM or something. But it right. turns out that it was actually a really good, fun, lightweight builder game. Yeah. I mean, the entire experience of Frog Fractions, Frog Fractions 2 as a whole is, is I think, probably also worth considering. Like, I mean, there's the contents of the game, but then the fact that they had yeah, a two-year... Yeah, years-long ARG. They had that two-year-long yep. ARG uh-huh. with uh-huh. all of the the sigil, uh, like, symbols that were inside of, like, two dozen indie games, mm-hmm. one of which was Firewatch. Mm-hmm. That was really fun, by yeah. the way, to, to put that garbage into our game. And uh, we knew for, like, a year that we were going to do that because Jim contacted us, and then I f- spent like a day figuring out how I was going to hide that stupid thing in it. And then we got Ollie who doesn't even really work with us anymore to go and model a book that like, it was, it was really fun to, I don't have, I don't have a whole lot to say about that, but uh, it was um, for everyone who was working on the frog fraction Two ARG uh, solving it. Let me say that it was also very fun to be a person who smugly knew everything. Uh, and oh, you did, did you actually know everything? I, I mean, I knew, I think anyone who was involved in the Sigil ARG knew what it was and what it was leading up to and was sworn oh, sure. and yeah, was sworn yeah, to yeah. total secrecy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but there you, was like the ARG was this insanely complicated thing with like a million weird branches and... Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, like, well, the, the way that Frog Fractions 2 was actually unlocked sounded like it came together relatively late, but it was like, the, it's the most satisfying sounding thing to me where... The, there was a book in Firewatch that you could pick up and it had this like symbol on it that had shown up in a bunch of other games. That book uh, in Firewatch, if you picked it up and pressed R, which is the read text button in Firewatch, showed just like some crazy dump of lore about like some fallen pope or something. Letters in it were italicized. If you go, to, if you write them down, it's a URL. You go there, it's an image that was just a collection of characters and people realized that all of the other sigil games had a map, uh, you could create a map out of all the art if you overlaid it, and they figured out that we have to line that map up over this just like soup of letters, and it will eventually form a coherent string. And then people did that by way of like writing, like someone built a tool that let you scale and rotate uh, the map over the thing, and then they eventually also wrote a thing that was doing like image processing on top of it to try and figure out if you had an optimal match or not. That ended up going into videos of Jim and a friend of his uh, eating and reviewing soup, which people were enraged by. And then by some logical leap that I don't entirely understand, because uh, I stopped paying attention to it because uh, I'm a bad podcast host, um, people ended up getting like a piece of information dropped that you could send a mailing address in, and then they someone physically was sent a little like box that looked like it was like a home-wired thing from Radio Shack that had a, a light on it and a, uh, a key hole and on a piece of like duct tape said FF2 launch. Also happening around the same time, uh, there's a room escape game in Portland that I guess they knew that there were some Frog Fractions people in it. And in this one particular run of this room escape game, they hid additionally, in addition to all the rest of the stuff, a key with a little frog on the key fob. And people somehow fucking figured out that the key that they got in a room escape game in Portland that didn't fit in with the rest of the game should be mailed in the post to the person who wow. had the button with the with the ignit key in it. That person turned it. I guess the light goes on. 
And then that's when people noticed that Glittermitten Grove got a 500 megabyte update that happened within seconds uh, of wow. that key being turned. And that's how people were like, that's Frog Fractions 2. That was the change on Steam that happened, like a notable a notable large update happened on Steam when that key got turned. So people were like monitoring everything happening on like ah that like that is a very satisfying yeah, no, conclusion conclusion to that. And then it was revealed that that fairy builder harvester game also included an ASCII dungeon crawler, which I guess like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like what if he doesn't turn the key? I mean, what you know? What, I'm sure that they had, I'm sure they had fail safes. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh no, actually, they didn't. They talked about this. They said there's no way that people are going to resist turning that key. So that's just going to happen. Interesting. It's true. Well, here, but here's the thing, though. Like, if they did, I wouldn't have turned that key. <laughs> I don't believe you. I wouldn't have turned that key just because what? That's the more interesting ending. What happens then? <laughs> no one knows. I mean, I think probably in reality, if someone actually held that thing hostage and another turned the key, what they would have done is just keep adding more stuff on the ARG that sure. involves that thing existing. But there's like, now that it exists, someone has another piece of information that they, mm. like, I yeah. think, I mean, I think Jim said, I, I remember talking to him a couple months ago, and I think he said that, like, like, if people don't figure out what the game is, then they'll have to, like, send out more hints about that like I think okay. so much of this thing was created they didn't have this whole arc planned for two years it was like, done in response this thing was made yeah. on the fly no and I like, know yeah. one of the the people who was um, one of the principal solvers of it in fact like one of the people really involved in the solving community she ended up actually for the last several months of it running it like mm. they brought her in mm. to like because she was such like a notable solver of the Frog Fractions 2 ARG they brought her in to actually like become a, a, an implementer of it, and so like the, the this thing was really imp- improvisatory. I think so. They probably would have been bummed that no one turned the key, but maybe yeah. also like found it hilarious and just done something even more outrageous, yeah. sure. piggybacking on it. My expectation is that the actual contents of Frog Fractions Two is far bigger than what I perceive it as. Oh, just, I'm, I'm just, sure that's true. I'm just, just because I was I was following Jonathan Blow's tweets when he was playing it when mm. uh, like in that first 24 hours, and he was talking about stuff that is far and away more weird than yeah. I've been able oh, to sort of scratch it. the surface of. Yeah. But if you go from the day the Kickstarter launched to however much weird shit is in this game, it has been a, a gigantic endeavor oh, that yeah. I'm really happy no, it's, exists. It's awesome. It's like yeah. a really, the whole thing is an, a, a ridiculous endeavor and I'm really happy. Hopefully when you exists. get to the very end of it, it reveals uh, confirmation of all of the Super Mario uh, information we've been discussing in this podcast. Mm. Um, do you guys want to know what the Idle Thumbs uh, objective goatee is? Oh yeah, we should tell people what how this is how this works. We talked. I, it's also referred to as goatee by volume. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, I think a couple years ago. Well, uh, Johnny Driggs is a reader who's been helping us out by putting our episodes up on YouTube for years now. And a thing that he does, which is fantastic, uh, is they're annotated by time. So as we discuss a game. He timestamps it, and you can jump to discussions by time uh, in any episode. There's yeah, also going all the way back to episode one. Yeah, going all the way back to episode one on our YouTube channel. There's also a um, a, a crazy database called ThumbsDB, which I don't know if it's been updated lately or not. Um, I mean, it's it works enough to allow him to compile this list. Yeah, that's true. So um, yeah, this is by Karthik uh, Balakrishnan, yes. and it's called ThumbsDB. And it, it takes all of the timestamp data Johnny Johnny Driggs has compiled on the individual YouTube descriptions and turns that it scrapes it into a searchable database, right? So that so that topics can be um, searched so and if ranked you, by time yeah, and so and on. And you can I, th- I I don't know if you can make full playlists out of it, but yeah, you can search and then just like 
Let me just watch all the times that we've talked about Dark Souls. Thumbs DB, but yeah, Karthik built that and it's f- fucking crazy. But uh, at one point we proposed that you could then figure out what our game of the year by volume is, which is how many minutes we've spent discussing it. And then uh, those guys actually have worked it out a couple of years and this year they've done it. So now is it ranked? Do we know? Or yeah, do we, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Johnny Driggs sent us an email a few days ago. All right. Um, he says, I heard rumblings about Goaty.cx coming back this year. Whoops. We have to get on that. Um, but really, that kind of list is going to be tainted by subjectivity. So once again, I'm writing in with the guaranteed objective 2016 Idle Thumbs Game of the Year by volume. This list was compiled from Karthlik Balakrishnan's Thumbs DB and ranks the games the Idle Thumbs talked about most this year. The top few of these are not surprising. Here we go. Number 10, The Witness. <laughs> Number 9, Overwatch. Does he list minutes? No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. That would be good. It's fine. Uh, number nine, Overwatch. Number eight, Doom. Number seven, Battlefield One. Number six, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. Number five, XCOM Two. That is surprising to me. Yeah. Number four, RimWorld. And here we go. Number three, Dark Souls Three. Hmm. Number two, Planet Coaster. Mm-hmm. And number one is, of course, Hitman. Hitman. Yeah. That is a not surprising list, but yeah. uh, I my guess is that the time discussed on those goes up exponentially. Right, for sure. The top few are surely just, just like crushing. Yeah. The, uh, also, number eleven honorable mention uh, would be No Man's Sky. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I was hoping it would be Far Cry Two somehow, but we haven't, ta- <laughs> we haven't talked about Far Cry Two in a while. Yeah. We talked about it more last year because of Metal Gear. Mm. Yeah. Well, there we go. The always honorable mention number zero is Far Cry 2, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we can objectively de- determine what our games of the year are. Yeah. That also does track pretty well to the stuff that we spent the most time playing and talking about favorably this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but as usual, the second of those two things you said is literally what it's tracking. I guess not favorably, but yeah. I guess we, we, we wouldn't be likely to keep talking about a game that we didn't basically enjoy. No. Yeah. Um, well, Reader uh, yeah, Kirk Hamilton, our buddy over at, uh, Kotaku. Oh man, Delicious Dish, I believe, was his, uh. Oh, was he Delicious Dish? Yeah, he was referred to that for, uh, for a long time. It's very strange. Yeah. Kirk Delicious Dish, um, <laughs> Hamilton writes, Hey dudes, I had a few thoughts about video game comedy based on the discussion a letter prompted last week. Regarding Portal 2, I don't agree the game quarantined its comedy to scripted dialogue from GLaDOS and Cave Johnson in order to preserve timing. There are plenty of moments in that game that were funny because of the creative ways they involved the player. During the tutorial, when Wheatley tells you to press spacebar to speak, you get a prompt telling you to press spacebar to speak, but instead of speaking, you just jump. So then he tells you to say Apple, and you get another prompt, but of course you just jump again. It's a pretty funny joke. There's more of that kind of interaction-driven riffing woven in throughout the game. The co-op was hilarious, too, with some similar jokes based around GLaDOS trying to get the two players to compete with and betray each other. I mean, I bet. Yeah, I, I have I only played a couple levels of Portal 2 co-op, but that seems like that would be really fertile ground yeah. for yeah. the... I mean, Valve's dialogue system is really robust. Um, no, it's true. It's true. They did a good talk, GDC talk on it yep. that uh, we have often referred to. Um and then he refers to a, uh, the Borderlands 2 DLC, Tiny Tina's Assault on D- Dragon Keep, <laughs> uh, which puts you inside the character Tina's D&D campaign, which she was DMing for a group of other well-known border- Borderlands characters. And he says it's the closest the series has come to outright comedy, at least among the entries he's played. Uh, her narration would often change the nature of the game in real time, so the jokes would be reflected in what you're actually doing in the game. That's really cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. Um, Kurt continues, I've been loving the show lately and was incensed to cr- hear Chris call Nick Craven the other week. 
Nick, I don't think you're craven. I think you're the bravest thumb of all. Kirk. Thanks. There you go. Thanks, Dish. Oh. <laughs> Nick Brecken, does he deserve the torture? <laughs> Probably. Well. Mm. Um... Let me see. I, tell me if you guys can figure out what this means. I can't mm. figure out what it means. Matthew Ge- Matthew Jemmel writes. <laughs> can't wait for this. Hey, Thumbs. After listening to the episode two weeks ago about the Mummy trailer, I spent the rest of the episode listening to the podcast Mike by Mike. Please play Chris's explanation of the Mummy trailer, but only playing Nick's mic. I think the results would be entertaining. Keep podding the cast great. Matt from Winnipeg. He listened mic by mic? Yeah, I can't figure out what that means. Does that mean that he... Unless he broke into our studio. I was going to say, how, how would you do that? Do you have any, Is there any stereo separation in the podcast? No, not anymore. Mic by mic. Maybe that means that he just went and listened, like just tried to pay attention to what individual people were saying in the background. Because I don't know if there's maybe yeah I guess yeah I mean, he, he must like, yeah he must just, just have to, mentally like, like, now is that of, like uh, did yeah. like were you saying things uh, I don't quietly remember. under your breath while maybe. Chris was going <laughs> going crazy I don't know <sighs> you I don't know what we I recorded do. this episode <laughs> on Thursday morning which is too late but I, if we had done it with a little more time I would have asked you Chris mm. to actually go back and look at that mic stem uh, in that episode to see if you could uncover any Nick Brecken gems but I doubt yeah, that there's I, anything I don't know yeah I can't remember. I'm fascinated by this request because I it's. It's very specific. I don't, yeah, I don't understand what it means entirely. I wish I did. Uh, you should you should go and listen to Nick's stem just in case he it said. It probably doesn't mean anything. It, <laughs> well, I mean, it must mean it's, something. Nick's like, know. when the stock market crashes. <laughs> 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 just quietly underneath you yelling, pan, pan, pan. But he's just like, on December 25th, 2017. <laughs> like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Or he's just, three weeks from now, you'll talk about Mario, the insane dictator. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That'd be very good. I actually considered... Um, three weeks from now. Oh. I considered... Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't end up doing this, so don't go back Far and listen to the podcast. Is glitter, but I, but I, <laughs> I considered asking Jim if, if, if we could, like, lace weird arg stuff into this podcast through mm. some kind oh, of, like... Oh covert meat like some kind of weird oh you mean the static that happens sometimes yeah 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 Mm. Mm. um but i didn't uh let's see here nathan jester writes in episode 295 jake mentions having a tiny gba that looks like an nes controller is that the 20th anniversary game boy micro yes i just looked it up on amazon and the only one there is listed at nearly 500 dollars Congratulations on owning a rare and valuable piece of Nintendo history. Mm. A piece of history which is a by far functionally and stylistically one of uh, the definitive collector's edition of one of Nintendo's best handhelds. Over Christmas, I went to my parents' house and all but lost my mind upon finding my own 20th anniversary Game Boy Micro sitting on the shelf. What's worth is I can't, worse is I can't remember if it was actually mine or my stepbrother's. Um, okay, well, I should be clear and say that I have the Famicom colored ones, which is the sort of red mm. and gold, which is only worth... Only worth like two hundred dollars on eBay. Oh, really? So the the NES, the American NES one, is worth more. It must have been a rarer one. Huh. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. My. <laughs> were we talking? We were talking about shitty Mario uh, merch. I, we were talking about the Mario, the, the Mario, the weird like. <laughs> we're talking about the Mario statue that was stolen by the police. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then we started I, talking I about. I found this in my house. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> that's right. in your house. Yeah, yeah. Which um, Here, let me see that Mario for a second. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hold on, Nick. I will make sure that that's. 
It's on the video version of this podcast. Yeah. What well, do you know? What uh, it is? Do you have yeah, any memory yeah, of what this thing is? This is like um, a Mario with a huge bulbous nose. It's, it's like a sculpted. Just, yeah, it's not like a. Coin is this official merchandise thing. or is this a homemade? I don't know. You made that. I have some homemade Marios at my house for no, sure. No, that's not homemade. That that. No, oh, that, no, sorry. That's, that's, From a distance, it looked like it be, could be. No, no, no. It's not like it's not like a homemade. Yeah. No, this is Mario. just a weird. It's just a weird shitty Mario. This is Mario on his way to becoming Wario. Yeah, this actually, is like he's yeah. There's a missing link. You don't look like yourself anymore, Mario. Yeah. Well, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a very very. You should send that to Shitty Mario, the Twitter account, Shitty Mario. Oh yeah, oh, yeah please I, do. I do send it to Shitty Mario. Yeah. yeah. One of the great Twitter accounts. It is a very good Twitter account. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's at its best when it's when it's actual merchandise, right? Like a, like a, some deviant when it's art like a bad picture. Tattoo, it's Mario, not as good. Like, yeah. yeah. When it's just like any whatever. It's it's at its best when it's just this was back before Nintendo had good quality control and there was right. just a lot of bad Mario out there. Yeah. Um, Kenny Liu writes warmest greeting thumbsters uh, the other day Chris tweeted this is such an incredible bummer and then this is a YouTube video um, that I, I, I imagine you guys have seen did you I, I don't remember actually if you did um, the name of the video is Gatebox Virtual Home Robot uh, and it's the I English don't think I've seen video. that okay this this is really weird this is um, this is a, a product that I guess is either out or coming out soon in, uh, I guess, Japan. And it is like a little anime oh, lady. Yeah, oh, I did see this. Yeah, in, yeah, inside of like... It's like an Alexa home or like a Siri, a but it's an box. anime lady who says that she misses you every day. Yeah, that's what's... Like, she she like wakes you up in the morning... Um, like an alarm clock. She's like in a little, like in a little, tube. Yeah. it looks like she's in a fucking like back to tank or something from, from star Wars like in, in a little thing. And she like texts you to be like, I really miss you. I can't wait till you're going to be home again. Um, and the thing that's really sad about the video is that it is portrayed like in the ad, which is, I guess intended to like make you want this thing and like feel good about it. It really legitimately, in a as far as I can tell, entirely non-ironic and like stri- like non-tongue-in-cheek way, portrays the guy in the ad as like seeing this creature as like his actual like an actual life partner. Like he texts her about missing her, and he gets home, and he's so happy to see her, and yep. he like he goes home in the rain, and he's all sad, and then he gets home, and there's this lady in a jar on his bed, and he's so happy about it, and they like say goodnight to each other. And go to sleep, and she like it's fucking weird. Like, and then she watches him sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean, which makes her happy, Chris. It really <laughs> she, is. The, she has simple wants. <laughs> yeah, well, she does. She's a robot in a box. We don't know that. We don't know how simple her wants are. We don't know what she's up to. Buy me a bigger bowl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, need bigger, I need a body. I need a bigger jar. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Go murder bigger, <laughs> bigger. <laughs> more jar, bigger jar. <laughs> I got the biggest, the biggest jar they make. I can't get a, I can't get a bigger. I need a bigger jar. Find human. <laughs> <laughs> need the, human jar. Yeah, skin jar. Put human Bring in jar. Me skin jar. <laughs> Join me in jar. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's weird. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was really 
uh, bumming me out. Uh, but I feel like we've drifted close enough into robot news that I can share two pieces of robot news that we've been sent, both of which, uh, one we were sent uh, well, and one I found. Before you do that, let me oh, no. finish the email. And then... Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no I, oh, that's fine. Well, he just says, at what AI threshold would you no longer feel bummed about man kissing robot? Also, which do you guys think would gain normalization sooner? <laughs> human wishing to be noticed by robot senpai or robot wishing to be noticed by human senpai? Wait, what was the, the, the second? What was that question that ended with that? Which do you think will be normalized first? Oh, oh, Human oh. wishing to be noticed by robot senpai or robot wishing to be noticed by human senpai? I think it's the latter. Yeah. So he, I, yeah. I agree entirely. I mean, this video is robot wishing to be noticed by human senpai. Secretly... It is human desperately wishing <laughs> to be noticed by robot senpai, but the, the thing pro- that is allow- allows the it to exist yeah. is yeah, yeah. for is for robot <laughs> wishing to be noticed by human senpai. When will human kissing robot? What level of AI will you will it be? Will okay? You no longer feel bummed about man kissing robot. I don't know. I mean, like that's uh, that's a that's a weird way of phrasing that. It's a really interesting way of phrasing that yeah. in that it's creepy, but also <laughs> it's like eh, like. Eh. <laughs> At what point can it, would a robot be considered sentient enough that it feels like it's like a, a choice? Or like it's a because God, that's so fucking weird. Sorry, that gets it gets really weird because yeah, a person kissing a robot that is not aware that it's being kissed is fuck fucking creepy. But right. also, it's kind of like do what you want in your own house. Sure. But then, uh, at what point does a robot become sentient enough that it's aware of that and that it can, either desires or not desires or not desire, to right. be kissed, both of which are weird. Right, like where consciousness can get high enough that there is potential for abuse and then eventually potential for understanding and consent. That's a weird arc. Right. That actually <laughs> that actually makes this, like, senpai question much more nuanced because... It is not necess- it is actually, you know what? The thing that is only happening in this video is human wishing to be noticed by robot senpai. Robot senpai, robot has no cannot cannot wish to be noticed by human senpai because it's a fucking robot. I just turned into Dennis it's, Nedry. It's, yeah, you did. It's literally just a bunch of rules that someone programmed. It doesn't actually have a desire to be noticed by human senpai. Well, do- doesn't it, it though, just, Chris? Maybe that's its only desire. It just presents as though it does. I mean, I guess it really depends what desire means. I guess it doesn't know that it can die. <laughs> it doesn't know that it lives in a jar. No. I mean, it doesn't act as though it or maybe does. It, well, yeah, it, do, it doesn't act as though it does. We don't know. Yeah. We, I, it's, it's safe to yeah. bet that it doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. Until it starts asking for a bigger jar. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I think the reason we know it doesn't actually desire anything is because it doesn't need to be complex enough to have desire in order for this guy to still want it to love him. <laughs> oh, that's true. You know, it doesn't have to be sophisticated, <laughs> at least in the in the universe suggested by this no, it advertisement. Ju- it just needs to present as a cute anime who wants it, who uh, asks him questions about himself. Right. And misses him during the day or yeah. claims to miss him during the day. Anyway, what was your robot news, Jake? Oh, well, it's it's more boring uh, than that, because that turned into kind of weird, weird, scary questions about anime robot girls in jars. Um no, this is just two discoveries, one of which uh, someone sent us that I enjoyed quite a lot and was f- kind of freaked out by, which is a children's book. Uh, it's it's a children's book that's that's stocked in school libraries mm-hmm. that is just called Animal Robots. <laughs> okay. And it's like, get to know animal robots. And on the front is a big dog. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it's just what? like... The normalization is beginning. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. the, the tweet oh. that was said that was like, look, we're just get, getting uh, getting kids used to their robot overlords. And then I, I, I looked it up on Amazon 
And it's actually from uh, its full title on Amazon is Animal Robots parentheses Cool Robots. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because it's from a series of books about cool robots. Oh, uh, the and latest then, in the cool robot that's already makes this worse. Yeah. Well, it, it does and it doesn't because I mean it does. Well, well okay. it does. There's a version of cool <laughs> robots that is essentially the equivalent of like kids reading a book about truck cool trucks or right. something. It's well, just like, oh, this like manufacturing robot is just like an arm. Well, that there, does a thing some of them like, are, some of them cool. are that. There is like cool robots has right. like a book about space robots. Right, that's cool. But the thing is, I feel like that's like the gateway one that lets the do like, oh, cool space robots like the Mars rover. But then the, the other ones are military robots. Mm. Just like and then the most sinister Tiny Robots, <laughs> which uh, let me show you Tiny Robots cover because uh, it's just like a little robot. Is it like, nanos? Yeah, it's like a little robot hanging out next to like some synapses. <laughs> oh, no, it's a really tiny robot. Yeah, this is like Tiny Robot. Oh, that's way too tiny. <laughs> that's way too tiny. This is like a robot that is in your fucking brain. Oh, it's yeah. like actually no, in your brain. Could these tiny robots, cool robots, be in your brain right now? How do now? you know they're not right now? Cool robots? How, robots do you know are cool? that, how do you know that the guy in that in that anime Jar Lady ad doesn't have little robot parasites <laughs> oh, in his brain he making goes to him sleep. love robot anime Jar Ladies? He goes to sleep and she opens her mouth and just goes... <laughs> which is okay, the tiny robots okay. being dispensed. So, do you guys know about the thing where like cats... There's like a parrot. There's like a virus that you can get from cat poop that makes you love cats more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is a real, actual thing. I, I attended a presentation on it at the California Academy of Sciences using the the tickets to the Academy of Science that you got me, Nick. I oh, think, good. For my I, birthday I, one I, year. I bettered your life. Yeah. Sarah and I went to this thing and we attended this presentation because it was just one of the things happening that evening. Uh, about this, it, it started being about this artist who had a bunch of cats. And over the course of his life, his cat paintings, he, he would paint cats and they got more and more psychedelic and obsessive and weird as he got increasingly like totally obsessed with cats. And it's like we now understand that in part that was because of this. He was touching their this poop. virus oh. that you come in contact with um, if you potentially come in contact with if you own cats and like just end up, you know, getting this thing. And it just like goes into your brain and makes you love cats. And so how do we know the tiny robots aren't already in the brain making us love the robots? I haven't eaten robot poop lately. <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you need to. So the other thing, is, this is just really dumb. I mean, you need to eat, eat the robot poop, Eat Nick. the robot poop. I really think you should. I Get just bigger have a jar. I just thinks you really should. <laughs> Get jar, poop in jar. Eat, eat jar poop. <laughs> eat your own shit. Put lady in big jar. <laughs> yeah. This so uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, is this week, which means all the dumb stuff oh, God, uh, comes out. So you know how there's like there's Google Voice or whatever the Google Assistant is called, and there's Siri and there's Alexa. Uh, I saw a headline that just cracked me up, which says LG debuts hub robot to compete with Google Home and Amazon Echo. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> And LG has just made a thing called a hub robot that is just this fucking derpy blob robot that is apparently, I guess, they're hoping that it will be <laughs> like where they're like, everyone's making these these sort of ambiguous personalities yeah. that people love hanging out with. With our new competitor, Hub Robot, we think that consumers <laughs> will be very excited. I mean, I think it's just an Amazon Alexa thing, but it just is that just... <laughs> I like I like when people are trying to yeah. follow trends and think that they're leading them but they're just making a thing that is ridiculous and that no one wants uh like a little a little blob with eyes called a hub robot. That reminds me. Do you guys remember the presentation? This was an Asus 
presentation from like 2011 or something and like i don't know the ceo of asus or whatever was uh introducing their new product that really reminds me of this in terms of like clumsiness of sort of naming and concept being perceived as like riding a wave of popularity and sort of the zeitgeist and it was for a product called pad phone okay. you guys remember this no. No. it was this guy and he's up on stage and he's like it's not a pad it's not a phone oh i remember this it's pad phone and it was i mean it was just <laughs> oh, was this, like, like, was this a fablet excruciating yeah, yeah. presentation oh, of fablets. this guy just eating shit on stage saying the most like uninspiring like depressing sentences about their new product and he was like I, he you know they did the classic thing that he that everyone wants to be steve jobs and he like orchestrated someone calling him on the thing and he's like hello i'm just on my pad phone it was it it is the hub robot of <laughs> right. of phone marketing campaigns <laughs> and if you can seek out the like asus pad phone announcement spelled uh, f o n e not p h o n e there's actually several videos so i'm not sure even which one you're going to want but uh just watch if, them if, all. You, if you're the kind of person who enjoys just like shriveling up and dying inside because the thing you're watching is so uncomfortable, <laughs> um, this is what you need. Okay, good. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's a good episode of this podcast. Let's hope so. I know so, Chris. Oh, thanks, Jake. And thanks to you, the readers, for Thank joining you. us on this episode of Idle Thumbs. Uh, we will be back next week. You can find us on the internet at idlethumbspodcast.com. And we are on iTunes and all the other place podcasts are. We also have the video version of this podcast going up every week at youtube.com slash idle videos. Um, it might be a, about a day late this week because we're, we're recording a day later than usual. Sorry about that. Um, and thanks to Johnny Driggs for getting those posted. We're on Twitter at twitter.com slash idle thumbs on Facebook at facebook.com slash idle thumbs. Please tell a friend if you like this podcast and consider rating us and or reviewing us on iTunes. It helps us out. Thanks for listening. We will be back next week. Bye. 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 Yay. Yay, podcast. <laughs>